10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. The podcast is pretty funny. Funny how? Funny, uh, funny like the way we talk? What do you mean? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I mean like funny, you know? I just mean it's fucking funny, right? Yeah, how you doing? Welcome to Are We Friends. I am your co-host Taylor. I am your co-co-host Brian, and I'm Jorge. And this is the show where three boys who've known each other for ten years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends anymore, or if it's just inertia. This week, we are joined by a longtime listener, first-time caller, a uh, a wonderful friend of ours. <laughs> A little bit more fanfare, man. uh, One of our dearest friends and fans listens and gives great feedback every single week. We are joined this week by the one, the only, in the States for a limited time. Hit him up, Danny. Hey. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Danny, I can't tell you how glad we are to finally have you on the show, man. Uh, Glad to finally be on here. Glad to just be back home. And uh, this is... This is going to be interesting because I no, yeah, laugh all you want, Brian, but I first started listening to you guys when I got out to Guam, like no internet, no stuff like that in the dorms. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember Brian posting stuff on Facebook with some like nightmare fuel-esque Photoshop images. Oh, I'll, I'll give this yeah. a listen. That sounds all right. Like, okay, so, okay, so DC Comics, pretty much how I went, Brian likes it. Taylor's like, oh, okay, Jorge, I'm going to shit on everything. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Then we got the Godzilla, yeah. and I, again, Ooh, I, I've listened to just about every single thing. Those except, are the first episodes. Except yeah, for it's... one, and it's Taylor's, and it was Euclidean Geometry. Uh, the Geometry yes! episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's the one that I go back and actually listen to every once oh. in a while because I fucking oh. love you that episode. You would. <laughs> that and our graduation episode are, I think, my favorites. Danny, you dodged the only bullet in our chamber. You, you would successfully survive Russian roulette with our gun because that was the one bullet and you just shot into the fucking sky. Wait, you, you mean well you don't done. want him to listen to us describing I, shapes? I do not want... You don't want me to talk to about the visual mathematics of geometry in a purely audio ma- medium? Taylor, I hate math. I hate geometry and it's kicked me in the teeth my entire academic career. There so why go. would I want to hear... About oh the importance of the isosceles triangle. <laughs> it's funny the that you mention it. And the and the symmetry of a cube. I'm just <laughs> where's the bleach? I'm out. It's, it's funny. It's, oh, it was. I had the same opinion until I went to when I went to college, and it's weird that it stuck with me. Specifically, wow. it's like ancient ancient math that I really like, like pretty much yeah. through Archimedes or Apollonius. And so just the math like, yeah, no one likes. He's, he's doing it. The math that no one likes. Yeah, no, by the way, you <laughs> thought we were going to talk about one thing. It's all geometry episode. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. but um, I will say the only way that we said isosceles was me if I was trying to sound like I knew anything about geometry. That's all it was. Yeah, as we're getting <laughs> isosced, Elise. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Speaking yeah, of nice. that. Uh, what no. are we doing today, Danny? It's your topic. Yes, Danny, buddy. what are we doing today? Well, this is a topic... Uh, sorry, my voice cracked there. Uh, I remember fine. reaching out to you guys like, yeah, here's a bunch of topics. And I every time I say, here's potential topics, I throw a, a mountain's worth of stuff at you guys. Yeah. It's, like, eh, it's well, good. Here's a, here's a bunch of stuff. Uh, but in the time I've listened to you guys, especially when it comes to film, you know, you guys talk about genres, your subgenres, mm-hmm. your your franchises, your singular films some are horrifying because the cats eat people and sometimes they're horrifying just because it's cats <laughs> it's, oh my god we did do two cats famous ones we've wow but you never but one thing you guys haven't talked about has been directors mm-hmm. and i thought you know what what's a good person to break the ice on this subject and i thought you know what let's go all or nothing today we're talking about martin scorsese Oh, very excellent. Big one. Big one. First excellent question choice. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell me how to pronounce his name? Is it Sazy or is it Sezzy? Martin Scorsese. Sazy. Like, say I, and the letter Z. Yeah. I okay. thought you were going to say, first question, who is Martin who Scorsese? Is Martin Scorsese? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to know Martin Scorsese? Look, come here. Come here. Let, me oh, th- let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you who he is. <laughs> come here. Let me, uh, let me grab so, that bottle real quick. 
For, I was I was really happy that you said this because I, I I looked through Martin Scorsese Scorsese's uh, filmography. Ooh, don't don't worry, don't worry about just it. Just say it. I looked through his it. filmography and I realized like I, I didn't realize just how many <clears throat> movies of his I've actually seen. Things mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize were Martin Scorsese. Uh, the big one for me was fucking Cape Fear and Casino. I had no idea yeah. those were Martin Scorsese movies. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I like because I'm a huge fan of the '90s. Like my VHS collection. I'm looking above yes. me. I have like Cape Fear. He's looking like King of uh, Comedy. Like, I know. Like, Wherever you think that he's uh, looking, looking he's looking yeah. higher. Let's see. Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, uh, Cape Fear. I think I've got Age of Innocence up there. But it's like, yeah, I had no idea any of these were Martin Scorsese so movies. many of his movies. You yeah. didn't know Taxi Goodfellas Driver. was Scorsese? No, no, oh. I've got Goodfellas. That one you had. Goodfellas, no, I know it's Goodfellas, of course. Like, okay. it's got Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro in it. Like, half the movies they were yeah. ever in were Martin and Scorsese half the cast of the movies. Sopranos. I was going to say. Having done a recent rewatch of this brand, holy fucking shit, everyone was in that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Either that or Casino. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, I didn't know that Shutter Island or The Wolf of Wall Street were really? crazy. Well, oh, as soon as okay. you hear, you know, as soon as I, I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, but no, I did not know. Well, if Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, it's like there's a 50-50 chance it's going to be Scorsese. Flip a coin. Yeah, right? <laughs> At this point, yeah. It's <laughs> so what, what did everybody, what, what was our homework officially? Uh, okay, so... I just so a little bit of backstory on this. Uh, well, the reason I chose Scorsese is because you know, in this time of theaters being closed and nothing mm-hmm. being shown, and all there's out there is giant monkey versus radioactive lizard, and saw it in theaters. It was incredible. <laughs> mm, still have to. I haven't been at a movie theater in over <laughs> about fourteen go. months, but go. Uh, with. Um, a hundred percent go if you can. When I was thinking about the directors thing, like, okay, of all like directors from like the new Hollywood wave, like your Spielbergs, your Scorsese's, your Coppola's, mm-hmm. your Oliver Stone's, your Brian De Palma's, Ooh, hell, let's even go. throw Joel Schumacher and all those guys, and George Lucas and all that Batman kind of stuff. Batman and Robin. Uh, a lot of stuff, I mean, most of them have a pretty good career, but they all have a hiccup here and there. Spielberg... AI and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Oliver Stone, Oops. pretty much oh. a- anything past JFK. Because how much cocaine did he do to make natural born point, killers? Yeah, like, and oh my god, and <laughs> the less said about Alexander, or the more alcohol consumed with Alexander, the better. Uh, <laughs> you know, Francis Ford Coppola kind of botched Godfather Three, George Lucas, the prequels. I liked it. Bri- Brian De Palma with. Uh, the Black Dahlia. Technically everything, but I love him. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the Untouchables. I like Scarface, but Black Dahlia. That oh my that god, that was a Bowie knife to the heart. <laughs> see where we go. And of course, with Joel Schumacher, Batman Forever, Nothing. Batman Robin, You're Batman right. and Robin. I grew one up with those. One of the best ones. movies of all time. One saying, of the few perfect. <laughs> you get a. I know they're terrible movies. I know they are garbage. Yeah. What are you talking about? I you get love to- those movies. Oh, so do yeah. I. If you get friends together and have the alcohol flowing, Batman and Robin is the funniest two hours of your life. Very good. I, you watch forever, it I just like when to see the government. I, I like to see the ex-governor of California talk to a Mal Clooney's husband for like twenty minutes in funny voice. And then I saw your husband like, walking around with a rubber ass. He looked like such a <laughs> joke. But <laughs> <laughs> here I am in civil pay to making ice puns about everything. <laughs> I, you know, I actually think about the Mister Freeze in a jail cell scene, like very, Yo, like when he's when he's, when he's in the like ice. the little pillar of cold. They yeah. can't, they they just can keep him in there because it'll be too hot if he leaves. That's how I feel when I'm hung over and I have to be under the covers <laughs> and I'm like stuck on the couch and I'm like, please, somebody help me get out of here. <laughs> but I was back to what I was please. saying um, with Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a guy who he does not go out to make movies to break box office records and make billions of dollars. He does it because he loves making film. And while he is nowhere near the most commercially successful director out there, he's rarely had a critical hiccup in his work. And I think it's it's yeah. interesting. I think he's been able to do that because though it's never like the, the the number one thing on the weekend or whatever. I think later on, like after his oh. name really began to be attached, um, like The Departed and The Aviator. The Aviator was a huge commercial success. But before that, if you look through a couple of these, like Raging Bull did really well in theaters. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ, whenever you've got one of those movies, like it does enough that it makes like a ton of money. Yeah. And I think because he was always consistently commercially successful that he he definitely had that space to continue to make the sorts of films that he wanted oh yeah um, never like never being pigeonholed into like i have to make 
the best movie of the summer or whatever, or like the most well, commercially he, successful movie of the mm-hmm. summer. And I think he's also a great example of an auteur. Yes. Did I do it? An auteur. Because uh, we did do one other director episode, right, Brian? What, what, you you did one for, uh, for I'm not saying it because I get two names confused and I don't want to embarrass myself. Spike no. Lee. Oh, oh, we did do Spike Lee. We did do Spike Lee. There's another name actually with Spike of, in it. That uh, I oh, Scorsese's favorite directors is Spike that Lee. Doesn't surprise um, me. He talks oh, about uh, the only it. reason I remember that episode is because Taylor didn't watch a goddamn <laughs> thing except Inside Man. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen the man on the inside. I saw Do the Right Thing. I've done other movies. He rewatched Inside Man. He didn't even watch anything new for it. We tried a few different ones. He's like, I watched Inside Man twice again. I had already seen it and I. Watched it again for this. <laughs> I, yes, like, I think it's I think, a great bank robbing movie. Whatever. Yeah, the best for sure, one. for sure. I think the doing directors like you. this are the perfect ones because yes. like their movies all go together a lot better than if you have somebody who does random movies. Like I don't have an example because who would know who that is? Yeah, who, or, yeah. In, uh, in in nineteen ninety nine, after Gene Siskel died, uh, Martin Scorsese with Robert Ebert uh, talked about his favorite Roger movies. Ebert. Roger, sorry, Roger Ebert talked about the last. Uh, 10 movies of the decade and he said Malcolm Malcolm X was one of his favorites yes like he, yeah. Oh, okay. I also okay. read the Wikipedia also, yeah no I know I because uh, this is like it's r- rattling because the yes. only other one I remember was Bottle Rocket and like well that's a strange yeah. you never thought that you'd Wes see Anderson. Wes Anderson and Spike Lee on the same list of directors but that's the sort of person that Martin Scorsese is like he's clearly a lover of the the art yes, of cinema like absolutely. the craft of cinema and that's definitely he's, his highest virtue the uh I watched so for this, I had actually never watched Goodfellas before, and I watched it on HBO, and they have wow. like a little intro by Martin Scorsese oh, where he sick. starts talking about cinema, and it's like, oh, you a movie guy, like you're, you a movie, you're guy. for real, you're for real. But, yeah, okay. I did not watch the whole thing because they were interspersing it with scenes from the movie, and I'm like, I have not watched this movie yet. <laughs> Just, just go uh, on to Amazon, he, rent it. It's worth the two hours and twenty five. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. So we, I put it on, it's on uh, HBO Max. You can. Yeah, I was gonna. If you have that? It's for free. Yeah. So Shan and I well, were like, the cost of business. starting another long weekend, and <sighs> I was like, I'm just gonna put this on. You can do what, like, do you, if you don't, if you want to watch this with me, you know, it's fine. Like she's like, yeah, I'm gonna do stuff in the meantime. And I was also like, I'm gonna, I'll probably try to do some chores or some shit. We sat down and it started, and like so unbelievably fast we were like Never we did up. not sit up and it was like oh <laughs> this movie is incredibly addicting and yeah it's no pretty much it's fucking juicy i was gonna say the first scene of that again we're gonna probably spend how much time gushing over this but for yeah. anybody out yeah, there who hasn't seen good fellas as soon as you hear the words as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Slams a trunk, the music starts playing. <laughs> yeah. It's over. The, the music the too. The music in, was perfect. And, yeah, yeah. That's the roller coaster. The thing coming down and locking into place. Oh You're yeah. Going for the fucking ride, and that's it. Because okay. any other thoughts in my head got kicked out by oh, now I also my whole life have wanted to be a gangster. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say going back to the beginning. Uh, one of the reasons why I chose Scorsese is that when mm-hmm. I was at JMU, uh, spring 2014. I took a class on American film directors, and the focus was Martin Scorsese. So for 14 nice. weeks, I got to go to class and just escape from my psycho roommate and just watch <laughs> a Scorsese movie every week. And I gave you guys the list. I was trying to go through it. Who's that knocking at my door? Mm-hmm. Alice, no, Mean Streets. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi Driver. Raging Bull. King of Comedy. After Hours. The Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, The Age of Innocence, Gangs of New York, The Departed, Shutter Island, and Hugo. I got to watch Goodfellas twice that semester because I was taking a film adaptations class where the last book (laughs) that we had to read, we had to read Wise Guy. Was Wise Guy. And Professor walks in. So how many of you guys heard Ray Liotta the entire time? Everybody's hand just goes straight <laughs> up. So apparently that uh, that book, Wise Guys, and then later kind of accelerated by the creation of Goodfellas, but Wise Guys, Wise Guys in the 60s, like, did a lot for the FBI because beforehand – Sorry, did a lot against the FBI because beforehand, you know, the easiest thing in the world to do is like, hey, do you not want to go to jail? Yeah, I don't want to go to jail. All right, well, just tell us everything you know about all the guys you work with because, mm-hmm. you know, frankly, you've just got 
uh, co-workers and then wise guys came out uh as a book and then like you know, goodfellas later and this idea of like the family and you just don't snitch and there's snitch, honor among like these like it together. suddenly and all of a sudden became way harder to get guys to snitch <laughs> on each other and it's just <laughs> like, it's like uh, it's like the the jeffrey dahmer uh silence of the lambs thing where it's just like i don't know culture just wanted this right now and it became fact out of fiction right it's a uh, it's wise guy singular by the way the book okay yeah, he's the only guy who is wise. Wise, the wise he guy. He left the mob, That's and right. everybody else stayed in and went. But to he was a wise forever. guy. But he was the, the last one. one. To well, die. now he's a schmuck. Now, I, yeah, I know he's a I, fucking. No, he's I dead. do have to admit, I watched. Well, good, yeah. <laughs> I watched Goodfellas, and then instead of watching another Martin Scorsese film, I was like, I watched Goodfellas, watch The again. Godfather. But I wanted to. I just wanted to mention it real fast because I was watching it. I hadn't watched it since I was like much younger, and I get to the end, and I was like, Oh my god. He's the Godfather. Oh my God! Oh, Jesus Jorge, buddy, Christ, buddy! I watched it when I was a child. What do you want? Uh, so did uh, I. I saw it when I was fourteen. I still remember and, all that stuff. He was yeah, like, I, know I know that he's the Godfather as well, and anybody else who doesn't realize that is an idiot. No, Marlon Brando oh, reigns God. over the family from the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Jorge, the Godfather Brando. was the friends we made along the way. It's basically you know, what I learned. Speaking of Martin Marlon Brando, like one of the reasons I like Martin Scorsese enough is every time you like hear him talk about something, he's surprisingly normal. He's just like unlike fucking oh, sure. uh, uh yeah, Martin Scorsese is normal. Unlike Marlon Brando, whenever you hear him speak, it's just like you're a fucking you're he was a fucking, fucking nuts, loon. Dude, he lost like, it. Yeah, I, it's just like how again, do you... when I hear Marlon Brando, I just think of Oh, it could have been somebody. It could have been Contendo. Oh, you make yeah. the movie kind of confused. Or I mean, somebody doing it on my island. And Mel Kibbles being a trick. We're going to fight me to kill a man like do not know. He's definitely yeah, somewhere just... between you two. You could hear. Well, Danny was doing the Through the Ages. And yeah. I could just, I could see in the impression and I could hear. Like he's the, just, his cheeks blowing up. Like his body like a bullfrog. weighed down by his own weight. Like just like. Well, well you, you hear Martin Scorsese speak, Scorsese speak, and it's just like, yeah, you know, like uh, these are the thing. This is the reason I yeah. I don't I like, like movies. certain movies, and these are the reasons that I like certain movies. And oh, there's a Taiwanese director that I really like right now, and you know, this is what they're doing. And let me, let's look at this scene really quick. And he's just, oh, you're just you're just a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 started watching The Godfather, and Chin was like, oh my god, everybody does a really good impression of Marlon Brando. <laughs> She knew exactly what he sounded like before watching the movie. Uh, okay, nailed it. So, moving on a little bit, I'm just trying to go down my little list here. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. So, when you yes. hear Martin Scorsese, like, what's the first thing you think of? Like, what comes to mind immediately? Joe Pesci. <laughs> Fair enough. Hon- gonna lie. Yeah, hundred percent. Sorry. Honestly, the 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 cast of actors more than any particular movie. I just think about people going like. Eh. Yeah, yeah, oh, fuck, like, fuck, yeah, fuck me, man. fuck you, fuck both of you. you know? <laughs> like literally, like lines from Goodfellas before having ever seen Goodfellas. You know? Yeah. Huh, of course. Like just that Funny attitude. How that sounds familiar, even though I've never seen yeah. it. <laughs> I, I was watching the whole thing. I'm like, this is just like that episode from Community with the chicken fingers. Yeah, it's. I know. Jorge. I know, Brian. I know, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Martin Scorsese must have really liked Dan Harmon's work. <laughs> yeah, this next movie, you hear somebody in the background yell, Wubba Wubba Dub Dub. Oh, my God. If oh, only God. we were so lucky. Um, but Brian, yeah, I also think of uh, two cities in particular. Wow, I, like, I think of Boston, um, and I think of, like, New Boston. York. Like, those two York, together. Sure. Like, that's, like, that's Martin Scorsese. Brian, yeah, what do you think that, of? Oops, sorry, go ahead. Don't think of Boston go, go, at all. I think of New York for sure. I I think of De Niro, which is the you know the easy thing. Um, I I think of, and it's gonna sound mean to the person I'm talking about, but I don't mean it because I also like his films. I think of just quality Tarantino. Like <laughs> I yes. think of yeah, that's the guy so. that that's he fair. is DJing all, that he like is his main influence that he's you know, doing the, the record scratch things with his movies yeah. and doing a lot of things. I know he has a bunch of different influences mm-hmm. and he yeah. but they both also spe- deals with a lot more schlock. I think they specifically talk about dialogue in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what I think is the difference for me between specifically those two directors is where you can see where their greatest influences come from, like where their developmental ideas of what cinema mm-hmm. are. And it's clear that Martin Scorsese loved like art film. Like he loved film as craft. Sure. And Quentin Tarantino worked 
in a video store. <laughs> and that's like where his idea of hey, movies you know, and like no, that like, and like not, all, both of them are very talented directors, but you can see like their stylistic choices and genre mm-hmm. choices are absolutely driven or like their thematic choices rather are yeah. driven by like what they were exposed to in that developmental well, time. No, it literally is like somebody found a young Martin Scorsese and shoved a grindhouse movie into <laughs> his hands. Like, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, cause with, with both Scorsese and Tarantino, you're going to get awesome dialogue. Now, Tarantino kills it with his original stuff. Scorsese's only like co-written a few screenplays. I know he co-wrote mm-hmm. um, Goodfellas, uh, but also, you know, stuff from the films. Gratuitous language to, like, Jim. some people say it on unfathomable degree, but it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, how, it's how they talk. Whatever. Uh, exactly. Bursts of just ragu all over the windshield violence mm-hmm. <laughs> kick-ass soundtracks there were like three shots that came into my head when yeah, you said so that clearly. for scorsese i immediately thought of fucking, it's like oh yeah that's yeah, a lot a of, oh right there God. ragu on the windshield yeah, they just throw <laughs> an entire fucking can at the fucking thing and say go for it what was the third thing sorry uh, i was gonna say you get the violence you got your your language you got awesome soundtracks soundtracks thank you. and just I don't know, just like you you can tell immediately that you're watching a film by one of these guys, whether it be, mm. you know, Pulp Fiction with like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we're going to rob this place. Okay, let's hit Miserloo. And then the beginning of Goodfellas, <laughs> yeah. we're driving around. Jimmy, did I, did I hit something? Oh, let's pull over. Stupid mother. God, God, God. Oh my God. As just far back as I remember, slams the trunk, racks the riches. Yeah, well, I was going to say very specifically, you can like, detect the through line from godfather to goodfellas to pulp fiction like those were the three movies that i would mention pretty much pretty much i mean with scorsese his love for he's loved film ever since he was a kid because growing up in little italy he was super asthmatic and couldn't go out could do boy scouts so his dad took him to the movies all the time he's like oh yeah i remember being a kid watching a a double double feature of uh, public enemy and little caesar and all this kind of oh, stuff, and geez. just like all a pretty old. solid Scorsese, dude. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty goddamn good. I, I've been watching this stuff since I was probably a freshman in high school. So but you were pulling at yeah. him, and you were watching on. Well, so, I, I just remember I was in the. Tra- I don't know what movie I was seeing in theaters. I may have been Flags of Our Fathers with my dad, and I just remember seeing the trailer, just like you know, hearing Rolling Stones, and just when I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. What I'm oh, telling yeah. you is this: when you're facing a loaded gun. What's the difference? I'm just like, I am hooked. Matt Damon, yeah. DiCaprio, Marky Mark, all this kind yeah. of stuff. Fuck! You, you got Dropkick right. Murphys playing in the in the oh background of the trailer. I'm like, I have to see this movie. And that's that's what got me interested in like award stuff because like, I was just following The Departed, mm-hmm. nominated for like four or five Golden Globes. I stayed up till O Dark Thirty to watch. I'm like, okay, Scorsese won director. Babel one I, I haven't seen Babel so I can't comment on that. Then when the Oscars no, came around and like, oh, he finally won for Be- Scorsese's only won Best Director one time, once, and wow. that was once. for The Departed. Yeah, and it's an apology. It's an it's an, I'm it was an apology sorry, one, right? Pretty much. The Departed was good. Oh, the, oh the it's very good. great. It's 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 actually an uh, adaptation, which is what I watched for this uh, of a Hong Kong episode. film, uh, of The Departed Affairs, and yeah, he and affairs. he gave like I don't want to say a shout out, but a thank you. To the Hong Kong film, it's like, thank you for creating this film, which inspired the screenwriter, which then made me want to make this. And he he's always one to say, hey, I was influenced by these guys. I appreciate these guys. And Bong Joon-ho, when he That's, beat him yeah. for Best Director at the Oscars last year, said, you know, Tarantino, you're awesome. Todd Phillips, Joker was great. Um, who else was nominated? Uh, pulling a blank here. But maybe Sam Mendes. Sam, Sam Mendes, like, you know, 1917 was awesome. But he pretty much said, like, hey, Marty, I'm sharing this one with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It was yeah. very, you're the reason I'm here. Like... Yes, very much so. And I, you'll love to see that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Say another intro question. What was the first Scorsese movies you guys have actually seen? Like, what was the first one you Ooh. ever watched? Ooh, I'm, I, uh, so the I have aviator. a list pulled up here. The Aviator? The Ooh, Aviator was aviator. the first one. Okay. Yeah, I saw that in theaters as a kid. Um, you sat there for three hours? Holy crap, dude. Props <laughs> yeah. to you. So when what, you were saying, like, you and your dad used to go to the movies, um, I, I realized that my dad got into art house movies 
because after a while, there's just no more blockbusters to watch. Oh yeah, um, like it's, he would it's, go to the movies. He would go to the movies so goddamn often that you know, like there's 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 nothing left. You know, he's the kind of guy who had an hour for lunch. He would watch the first half of a movie at a movie theater. You know, sort of thing. Like, oh, that, that's loved oh no, I'm not movies. I'm not coughing up that money to skip. Him. Like you know what? I'll I'll find a weekend. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll, yeah, I want to get but my money's worth for exactly. it. I don't want to fucking. He wait. started bringing because he realized, like, oh, you like movies in a way that your brother, <laughs> yeah, he likes going to movies, but you like movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brother would never um, understand. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, so he took me to the Aviator, um, and I was, god damn, I couldn't have been more than uh, like thirteen when I saw <laughs> it. It came uh, out in two thousand four. I was, tw- yeah, it came out Christmas like two thousand four. I was twelve, yeah. almost 15, almost thirteen. Yeah, so I was about that same age. Um, yeah, and it was wonderful. Like, I remember it being one of, like, a huge, cool movie. Like, the scene where he's uh, pushing the the, the uh, spruce goose mm-hmm. all the way to speed. Yeah. Once I remember, like, white-knuckled holding onto the edge of my seat. Like, this is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that was – and I didn't put that – I didn't rewatch it until grad school. And I mm-hmm. it, was, it was, like, some night that I was, like, by myself, didn't want to do anything else. And I it was the first time I really sat down and considered the movie. Yeah. Fell in love with it again. Amazing movie. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Um, I believe it was, I believe it was Goodfellas. Cause I remember, I think one of the first ones I watched in theaters was actually Hugo. Like I, had, I missed the departed in theater. I saw, I had seen it like, re- oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. came out on like DVD or whatever. But like, I actually never got a chance to see a lot of those. So then I was like, oh, my God, a new Scorsese movie is coming out. And then it turned out to be Hugo. And I'm like, Hugo's very good. I enjoyed Hugo a lot. But I'm like, this isn't – I've seen all the other Scorsese movies, and Asa Butterfield's head isn't getting fucking a thing of ragu tossed at the back of it. And Billy oh Grace Moretz isn't fucking cursing out Ben Kingsley right now. So I don't like this because it's not what I'm used to. Uh, no, it was very sweet and it was very well, good. Scorsese um, made Hugo yeah. because I think – I don't want to do the direct quote, but he, he wanted to make something that his grandkids could see. Exactly, yeah. It, and it's, it's very it's, good for You could like, say it's kind of like the Raul Julia of like, hey, my kids oh. really want me to do this thing, <laughs> so I'll do it. But Scorsese wasn't riddled with tumors and getting kicked in the jaw by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, so. who was doing a bunch of coke and banging was... Kylie Minogue on the side. Are you talking about the trailer. Street Fighter movie? Yes, <laughs> Raul Julia did the Street Fighter movie because his kids were I... fans of Street Fighter. And yeah. he was riddled with I always with thought cancer. more, <laughs> yeah, so I guess not because of the children thing, but I always God. think it like it's his fantastic Mr. Fox. Like, Wes Anderson doesn't make uh, exclusively children's movies, mm-hmm. even no. though children appear often in them. But that one is like, that's a children's that's movie. A kid's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Jorge, it's hey close man, to you know. get, like. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering now if uh, Scorsese is like one of those directors where you can tell what kind of person somebody is by like which movie they watch first. I do love the idea of Brian having watched Goodfellas on his own, but Hugo in public. <laughs> I went to see Hugo in public. I, I like I, that says something about you. I haven't uh, gotten but, to see any Scorsese movie in theaters. I've been like oh, too big. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, because I remember I remember when the Departed came out, and I was mm-hmm. fourteen, and I wasn't I was a goody goody two shoes again. Catholic yeah. school for nine years. You I'm not gonna both, be like dude. um um <laughs> um yes, sir. I would like one adult to the Departed. Mm-hmm. Kids, yeah. you're five six, about a buck fifteen, soaking wet. Get out of here, <laughs> dude. I'm pretty sure I still get carded at the theater, so I wouldn't have had a chance. <laughs> oh then. hi, I'm sorry, I'm late. I was smoking a cigarette outside. I smoked the whole thing like this. That's, uh, can that's I have me a now? Uh, that's uh, me uh, legit you're pulling a C17 or our movies. When Taylor said like this, he held it like a joint instead of a like cigarette. Like a joint instead of a cigarette. That's, that's part of the joke. A funny uh, cigarette. Yeah, because for, for me personally, the, the two movies that I have like a longer standing relationship with are one, uh, Shutter Island, which makes sense because okay. that's like his his horror movie in it, my mind. Yeah, yeah, his, his uh, Hitchcock. Yeah. His, I don't want to say his Hitchcock. Yeah, pretty much his. Yeah, there's a lot of Hitchcock. Hitchcock, 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 Hitchcock yeah. With a yeah. bit of like. God, again, I don't want to talk too much about Shutter Island because I don't want to spoil it. Even though it's been out for eleven years, people, if you have not seen no, it, get, yet, go check it out. I think that's one where you don't want to spoil it. It's yeah, you don't want to spoil it, which is something yeah. that I don't particularly like because I remember watching it and I was like pretty young when I watched it and it wasn't like I wasn't super enthralled with the story. I wasn't like incredibly confused by like the mystery or anything because I watch a lot of movies like mm-hmm. that. So like, I'm sure I would respect it more like coming back to it now, like as a as yeah. a, as a movie. That's how it was. <laughs> that's how as the execution, yeah. right? Uh, but as far as like when you dip 
when you get too close to horror, I start to be like, you got to fucking, oh, that, you got to that, bring that's something new you coming my the way. Knuckles, you probably got the yeah. ball pads like, all right, well, what are you doing here, pal? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. On the it's other scary, hand. Scary how? How are you scary? Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what it's like. Yeah. On the other hand, though, the other one that I watched <laughs> and I watched multiple times was Gangs of New York because oh. that was one <laughs> where it is like, that's a Scorsese fucking movie, right? That's, like, that that's, is his, like, that's his big epic because like later on I'll talk about like because as much as the season's known as ugh, can't talk today as, as well known as he is for his crime stuff mm-hmm. his body of work is very very much diverse everything but gangs in new york like that is his big epic because honestly the opening 10 minutes where they're crawling out of the catacombs Jeez. and you see yeah. this ant hill working of people in this building they walk out and there's daniel day lewis being all one of priests issue the Wami, a bunch of crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags, and more guys come oh, out. The meat Jesus cleavers are Christ. swinging through the air. It's like, this is going to be awesome. And, yeah. and it's the first 10 minutes. Like, and we, yeah. we're starting the movie. It's pre-title like title sequence. It's Scorsese. Well, that's like, a, that's hey, can way. we paint the snow red for this scene? That's pretty yeah. much what it's like. <laughs> just pour it, I yeah. heard that Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio literally like went to England to go find Daniel Day-Lewis, who had retired, and were like, no, just yeah. come visit us in America, and we're not going to make you do anything. What's like, one more Oscar he, nomination they tricked him do over you, Danny? There. Come on, yeah. come on. Or they just had like, like a Coke-fueled like, script party, like, no, not this one, not this one. We'll never find it. We'll never find it. Frosty Glass, <laughs> you know, uh, Gregor Samsa turned into we'll a cockroach, it, and then they we'll hand him it. just the yeah. Gangs of New York script. Well, because Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor, and apparently... I think it's like troubling oh. for him to go through this. And so when he was playing Bill the Butcher on set, he was just picking fights with everybody on set and they like being a total psycho, you know? Yeah, Liam Neeson uh, said when he and, and Dan Lewis would go to the gym to work out, Dan Lewis would always be there, be like chest press and all that kind of stuff. Good morning, priest. Oh my like not even Yeah. Although one thing that grudgingly I, like, oh, yeah, just like hey. morning, you son of a bitch. But the, one of the one of the things I realized later on is that like how his hair's all slicked back and it looks mm-hmm. like he just dipped his hand in a diesel engine and just all that kind of stuff yeah and he hated that hair so much like on his last day of film he's like oh <laughs> thank god and he shaved his head just yeah like, oh, oh, just sweet freedom yeah oh, but so yeah, the, that's the reason disgusting <laughs> one of the reasons i think i love that movie is like in particular for me when you're awesome. not when you're not a horror director yeah like one of the ways that you cross over without like getting like challenged <laughs> right is just throw in copious amounts of violence, right? Ultra violence, violence all over the place. And then, yeah, and then the the big thing for me is characters like Bill the Butcher, where it's like, this is a fucking villain. It's <laughs> like, yeah, this is uh-huh. a goddamn villain. And you know, I've talked many times over the episodes about how I feel about villains and having strong villains. And I'm like, yes, dude, have a have a normal, like a real movie and then throw in like just a fucking cartoon villain who's going to come and cause yeah. so much havoc for everybody. I love that shit. So yeah, I, the, I, did, the, I watched that one multiple times. The fact he walks around with his cutlery around his waist and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you beat me in an election? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was, let, that was what I was going to say. Take, Walking t- up a hill throwing a cleaver into a dude's back because he didn't get exactly what he wanted. And then like, he takes the guy's, like, war club, takes it out. It's like, hold oh, on, I want you to see fuck. this. This is you, Notch 45, so you Irish yeah, like, And just, you don't you don't see it either, but you just hear the no, impact the and everyone's square. just like, oh. And he's like, yeah. And that's my vote. <laughs> Jesus. What, I, on that same, like, generic... Uh, consideration I think like uh, one of the reasons that I think The Aviator is such a strong film and even though like it, it was commercially successful the only and, one what I think seen. uh no, no trust me it's, it's really <laughs> I know, not I'm, I'm just <laughs> it's, uh, but it's um it for me I see a lot of later movies that were critically awarded like especially thinking about our Oscars episode a few weeks ago this like let's pick a figure who's not necessarily well known but not outside the zeitgeist and let's make a compelling drama about his psychological journey I think like without the aviator things like a beautiful mind or weirdly the musical slew of biopics but or the mm. king speech is the one that really clearly comes to mind okay. um like this is the movie <laughs> yeah. uh, like the aviator is the movie that shows like no 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 we can just like focus like with a tight lens on this one actor's performance of some figure that you don't really give a shit about because mm-hmm. how many people gave a shit about the monarch of world war ii in america yeah, and no, yes we love colin firth and jeffrey rush um <laughs> 
But without the aviator, I feel like a whole genre of Oscar bait movie isn't possible. Yes. So seeing that power, that title shift in like how uh, we structure uh, stories for this kind of movie, yeah. I think yeah, you, you absolutely credit that to Martin Scorsese. I didn't know it was that kind of movie, and that's 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 really oh, yeah. cool. I'd be it, interested to see if there was like other ones that came before. I, I'd be interested to track that whole like pathway of nothing up to this biopic well, right? in, in the beginning yeah. of i don't know i haven't seen the aviator in a long time so taylor sure. you might have to correct me on this one but in the early parts the cinematography uh which won which the cinematographer won the won the oscar that mm. year but the scenes where he's outside and like in the fields everything has that weird like reddish orange but teal kind of color palette to it because that's how color film looked back in the day which i think that's why they stuck with black and white but then when they got up to where color film could look good, that's when you get the full vibrance. Everything how is how it is now. No, Danny, I think you're absolutely right. The color palette like has that significant shift, especially when he's, I think the movie is Wings that Howard Hughes yes. uh, had a part in and directed. And I went back, um, Aviator made me go back and rewatch a lot of movies from that era, uh, especially things of like huge spectacle. Wings is incredible to watch um and that led me into like ben-hur which again is incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. to watch just because of like sheer scale um so like my i don't know and somebody actually only... got killed during the chariot scene that yeah was... right oh uh, yeah not only did discourse i think like set that storytelling tone forward um for like a grander audience but he sent it backwards for me and made me interested that, in a lot of things before that's what scorsese Fun. does he as as modern as his films are, like he is very much an old school filmmaker because uh, Wolf of Wall Street was the first movie he had to do with digital cameras, and he only did it for the nighttime scenes because he and his long long time uh, editor Thelma Schoonmacher they fight tooth and nail to keep everything with thirty five millimeter. Like they mm-hmm. will uh, so much of that stuff they try and keep old school. But so why were they willing to relent on the nighttime scenes for just just the technology and the stuff they wanted to get? And also, I mean, imagine how many times Leo DiCaprio had to fall down that flight of steps high off his ass. Yeah. Oh, the, the quail. So Wolf of Wall Street is another one of the sure. movies that I love and I've watched repeatedly. It's, oh, my God. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I was going to say, what do you guys think? But you already, you already you love the guy. My, um, you guys will love this shit. My, my introduction to that movie of all people was my mom. My mom. Oh my uh, god! Fucking, Conrad just like, for a she, yeah, yeah. My mom. My mom. My mom she tells me. Doing you know, so, uh, with a oh, oh, okay. So I was talking to my mom. And, uh, oh god, yeah, no! So what have I done? She, um, <laughs> no, she, like, she told me. I, she asked me whether or not I watched Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like, no, I haven't yet. Well, you have to see this one scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is high on uh, on ludes and falls down, and she does this really funny impression. I look at the movie and like that is. That is that was a terrible impression of what that scene <laughs> left me with. That was, that was horrifying. But yeah, did any, I was going to say what, like what we've already talked about as well. Like what like, stood out to you? Like what stuff like made you think that this is what Scorsese's signature is. Like this is what he's known for. So I want to parrot, uh, an opinion that I, I saw in like a, a YouTube video and then I expand on it slightly. Wow. Um, Tommy Zhu is a guy who used to do a series called every frame of painting. Uh, and he has yes. a, a nice section on Scorsese and oh, he talked with the, the episode is called the art of silence. Cause Scorsese is one of those directors who's not afraid to like let no sound be in the background. Um, and like no sound at all, or, you know, no, um, no Style score in the background. Score, yeah. Um, no score says he, and he's fine with it. Uh, oh, do not make that the title. <laughs> do not oh, make it's the, not now. Do not make that the title. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'll do anything else. I'll do that. I'll just do. I'll do anything else. Instead. Oh, I thought we were doing well with Rags Sorry, on the windshield. <laughs> if you couldn't, God. if you couldn't see the math symbols above my head, I'm like, what is everybody laughing? About? Oh, the fuck is so far. Oh my God. No. Uh, what? Uh, that about- was not the expansion on that point. But anyway, um, yeah, the way that. Uh, in a more general sense, the way that Scorsese uh, enjoys all of the aspects of film. So like you think of him very much as a visual and dialogue storyteller, mm-hmm. right? And like with soundtracks and everything. But I do yeah. like that um, the movie, his movies, I think it's appropriate. Like he just had a movie called Silence that came out a couple of years ago. I have years. not I've <laughs> seen that one That's yet. That's a whole movie about. Uh, <laughs> but I do like that um, as someone from a theatrical and a performing background, as someone who in their art likes 
silence and likes beats and likes moments of tension, which are in the troughs, not only the crests. Um, yeah, that's what I think his signature is, is like a really nice pacing, like a sine wave almost of like there's going to be an intense moment and then we can follow with silence. And you realize that as one contiguous moment. He's really good at that. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Um, going, for, back to, say, going back to one well, thing. Sorry, I was gonna, yeah, for me personally, the uh, on the problem with Zoom. Some, the, what I've been thinking about with Scorsese, right? Like mm-hmm. to not to pop us over into my usual thing right but like there are moments of uh, like racism and uh other like inappropriate actions that his characters take throughout different films mm-hmm. right like particularly goodfellas like a couple couple racist scenes uh, yeah like, well, uh, not as much it. as you would think no not i mean get to new york that's what i was expecting when yes, I was new york in. has a very uh yeah. Big old well, specific thing. They're hating yeah. African like, Americans. They're chucking bricks at Irish folks. So it's everyone. Yeah. Everyone hates everybody in that movie. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Also, they're literally like the debauchery. The way that they take advantage of people. Is, yeah, I mean the like, debauchery. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's like this. It's always characters who like it is appropriate for that. Like in that time period, those types of characters would be engaging that type of dialogue. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it is good or bad you know i've never been able to come on one side of like is it okay for media to be like taking advantage of these kinds of things showing this is it not does it make sense i don't know i personally just don't know um but what what comes what i was thinking about particularly when watching goodfellas is he has this way of like what we normally call toxic masculinity he has this way of glorifying it and i don't mean in like a negative way necessarily i mean like it really does make you think these things are very cool at the same time showing you that they're very evil, particularly in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Henry Hill, like, he starts out being like, you're like, yes, this guy's so cool. And at some, like, not super specified point throughout the movie, he becomes an unreliable narrator. Fades into, And yeah. he's saying, like, no, this guy, even though I haven't shown you everything he's doing, he is just as rotten as everybody else you've thought has been rotten throughout the movie, and you should yes. not be liking him. I did get that, like, impression from Scorsese. Mm-hmm. You know? And that you happens with all of them, where it is like, this guy is awesome, and at some point, it is like, no, they're actually evil, and I'm not getting the point here. You you actually Pretty see much. it like uh, di- diegetically a little bit in The Departed um, with Marky Mark, uh, Marky Mark in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Marky Mark and his um, his partner, the the therapist, uh, when they start getting together, you can see no, that Matt initial Damon attraction. Gets with, with the Matt Damon, sorry, sorry not Marky yeah. Mark. Matt Damon, uh, Matt again, those two never going to get them straight. Uh, Matt Damon is with the therapist and you can see at first that there's a certain attraction that she has as like a well-educated, like well-spoken person to this like abrupt sort of masculinity. Like, let's just, let's just do this. You know, like I want to take you out, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to take you out to dinner sort of thing. And it works. And at the same time, you kind of see that breaking down when you have Leonardo DiCaprio, who in this, in a very unsuspected way is continuing that foil Mm -hmm. to Matt Damon's character because he is vulnerable and needing and he's a walking panic attack at a point he's a walking (laughs) panic attack at that point he doesn't even drink the poor man um and then yeah and then you see her like as if uh we have some sort of critical choice being made you see her sleep with him like there is that net like that narrative kind Mm -hmm. of changing of value in that character so it's a i think it's a nuanced way in which we have uh we can use that foil to make another point about masculinity oh yeah Um, seeing the way that those two characters deal with it because at times it's similar but divergent i was gonna say the whole thing with matt damon's character in the departed is something we talked i think we talked about my scorsese class uh but i think it's come out a bit more that a lot of fans, there's a theory that Matt Damon's character is deep, deep, deep in the closet. Like the first thing you see him in, right. he's calling the fire department every, homopho- every homophobic yeah, slur all and all that stuff. kind of stuff. And trying to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm walking over time with my wife because, you know, my junk works really good. And she even says, you know, do you oh, want to talk yeah. about last night? It's kind of common. And he's just like blowing it off. And pretty sure by the end, there's a pregnancy. He's like, that's Leo DiCaprio's. It's it's not Matt Damon's like because it's the same way kind of reflects with Jack Nicholson because Jack Nicholson tells like oh you're like a son to you. so all the murdering and women and no sons so yeah kind of reflect up of that Scorsese is very interesting with that in that movie I don't know about the the closet thing but I could I could see it with the sort of the oh I want to watch it character. with that lens yeah um but it is I mean. To go onto the masculinity point, because I was also going to talk about Taxi Driver for a hot second, mm-hmm. is 
he, he it's not even i mean looking at it with like paying attention to these sort of things he's very against toxic masculinity oh, in every movie in raging bull in taxi driver in casino like every one of these movies is bad people like guys who are like that who think they're machismo and hot shit and stuff mm-hmm. do horrible violence to people yeah. who usually don't deserve it and even if they do it's still bad and two usually have a rough time with sex slash women like raging bull is all about that <laughs> and uh the thing with matt damon the again like you were talking about there's the inability to perform in the mood like he doesn't address it and he is just pushing away and very like standoffish with it um the thing with the thing with taxi driver i was gonna say was uh that one's less it, it has those things about the toxic masculinity part, but that's also more just about mental health in general. Absolutely. But um, it, it is about, like, it is him riding down that path of, I guess it's kind of the, in, like, what we would call, like, an incel sort of track that we have. Yeah. Like, he ha- he's that sort of, like, where his headspace is in terms of, like, hating and such. I was going to say. Because he gets a date with Fate Dunaway. Like, he does that on his own, noble, unironically. He's like, I want to go out with you. And then he takes her to a weird porno movie, and then he doesn't understand why she dislikes this. And instead of looking inward, he blames the city a la, like, Rorschach sort of thing. Yeah. He's like, this place is a cesspool, that it's their fault that everything's this way. Yeah, there's, um... We talked about because I've I've seen good I've seen not, not Goodfellas plenty of times with Taxi Driver. I watched it back to back semester, so I had another class where we mm-hmm. had to watch it. And every time the scenery is on the phone, he's like, "Oh, did you get the flowers? What do you want?" And the camera just pans away and it looks down a hallway. Yeah. And Scorsese pretty much said, "Like, I wanted it to be so pathetic that not even the audience wants to look at this." Damn. Yeah. That's yeah, a good way to that. phrase that. I, I that. like that phrasing a lot. That's um, also the entire right. film King of Comedy is that mm-hmm. statement that that uh, Danny just said. It's just, I want this to be so pathetic, you can't, like, it is a bonkers bananas movie that I think, and I know you, I will disagree with you on this, Danny, but I think it is a vastly superior Joker film that should be taken in way, like, that should be shown, that we'll should have, have been nominated I'm, for all that time. We'll, again, we'll have to save it. I'm, I'm getting a lot it. better in life of, like, it was a New Year's resolution of, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in a, foaming at the mouth argument over something it's like oh you, you disagree <laughs> no, with something okay well yeah. why if you say oh this sucks why well it just sucks oh well, yeah i hate like? that well it just sucks okay your arguments because i thought Don't it jump was bad crick. if, some, like, if yeah, somebody's not, not going to though. be yeah. able to explain like you just step away there's no reason exactly. to have the, yeah. the conversation yeah. you know if somebody wants to explain then you can calmly find out <laughs> i think it's super fun and interesting to find out why people have different opinions you know no while you're while you were oh i'm sorry Hori. what i was gonna finish saying is the for Scorsese on the idea of toxic masculinity just to put a button on what I'm thinking about it right it's like interesting that I am always like so worried about films and like what they're up to you know I'm always like defensive of when they have stuff like this mm-hmm. um, you know like it, literally you're absolutely right every Scorsese film I've ever watched has had in my mind like some sort of message against toxic masculinity mm-hmm. um, and I'm still skeptical about whether he means it or it was an accident even though like how is it going to be an accident if literally all of his films have accidents. that same message very clearly yeah, yeah. it gets almost psychosexual um, if it's, it's an yeah. accident so it it, 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 brings, Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. it brings me it brings to mind just the idea that like one there are so many movies that are awful about it right and and that that is a whole problem and then the uh for me i'm starting to think about american psycho as well where that's another movie where the it's based off of it's first of all there's a female director for american psycho it is based off of a novel where the novel is very much anti like capitalist and that kind of like attitude mm-hmm. and yet it has inspired a lot of people to want to be like the the character in American Psycho and I'm wondering it's like, like Fight Club yeah like how what kind of effect these movies have had on people wanting to be gangsters their entire lives you know and like what that means when the message is actually like anti that and like yeah do we need to spell it out do we need to put a message at the end to be like hey stupid listen scorsese's always said you know it's he's never like yeah he kind of wants to glorify everything to captivate the audience but that's how he gets like oh look at all this kind of stuff ah Hold on, this guy's dead, this guy's in jail, this guy's mm-hmm. broke, this person's rotten in the gutter somewhere, all all that kind of stuff. So it's, again, his, Scorsese's films are not very much known for their happy endings, but, yeah. you know, he gets his point across. 
Uh, I know we're going a little bit long. Uh, I just want to do two things Fine. real quick. I just want to talk Let's about the, the movies I listed from my Scorsese class. If anybody out there who's listening who thinks, oh, it's just gangsters, yeah. greed, and Catholic guilt, because Scorsese is Catholic. <laughs> I like Catholic guilt. <laughs> uh, have you seen the, the show on Orthodox? Jewish no. guilt makes Catholic guilt looks like nothing. Oh. <laughs> Please don't take that out of context, people. Uh, <laughs> Repeating it a hundred times. <laughs> but blowing no, the volume uh, out. Yeah, great. But right. I'll, I'm going to list off the, the film and just say what it's like. Uh, Who's That Knocking at My Door is pretty much his kind of a high-budget student film. Mean Streets is, that's what got him on the scene. That's pretty much like, hey, this is what I saw. I grew up in Little Italy. A lot of fights, a lot of that kind of stuff. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore is a romantic comedy with Ellen Bernstein and Chris Christopherson. Or Christopherson. Yeah. Ooh. It's yeah. a wild departure from the rest of his like film. Would you say it's the departure? I'm going to snap departure. you <laughs> uh, After that, it was Taxi Driver, which is his like, neo-noir like opus. Raging Bull, yep. your sports biopic, King of Comedy, your pitch black comedy thing, After Hours, imagine like the worst night ever, and just keep adding fuel to the fire. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ is it's pretty much his big religious epic, uh, pretty much, you know, what if Jesus wasn't all like, yes, follow me, my children, is like, I, I really don't want to die. I, I'd rather, you know, Mary, <laughs> yes. Mary, go with Mary Magdalene and of course, in the 1980s, you know, in Italy, people were throwing Molotov cocktails at movie theaters showing this thing. I was going to say, that movie got a lot yeah. of controversy. Oh, yeah. press, For right? me, yeah. it's the dramatic version of La Caja Foe to Birdcage. Like, it, it's, um, oh. like, whereas, like, that's a comedic, like, let's take this musical <laughs> and make it, uh, you know, make it a straight, like, like, let's take Jesus Christ Superstar make and make it a straight play. Let's have Robert Williams be Jesus and Nathan Lane be Judas. <laughs> Ooh, that's everything yeah. I've ever asked for. Unironically sounds good. Yes. Yeah, Goodfellas. Um. <laughs> that's his, his his gangster opus. Age of Innocence. I don't really remember that much. It's a period piece with Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and whoever played the android in Alien <laughs> Resurrection. You guys are going to kill me for <laughs> not knowing her name. Winona Ryder? <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, sick. After okay. that, it was Gangs of New York. His big, just absolute crazy epic, The Departed. Return to Crime, but it's an adaptation of an Asian film, and it takes place in Boston. Uh, Shutter Island. Yes, I know I did the accent. Shut up, Ryan. Uh, Shutter Island is Hitchcockian, horror-esque kind of thing. Uh, And Hugo is a movie for kids. It's a kid's film, but it's also a love letter to the origins of cinema. Yeah. And the last Shutter thing, Island is like for sure a horror film, oh, by the way. Like the down oh, to yeah. the, the coloring in the film, it is a horror. I would film. say more psychological thriller, but we can argue over that for but, three hours. I, no, well, my my, my horror that, like, net is wide. Okay, we okay, yeah. Okay. Like I mean, in the same way, like The Birds is a thriller, but like it's a horror movie. Oh, it's just because it's like Hitchcock directed exactly, and yeah, Hitchcock exactly. had dramatic tension, less that like less what people would call straight up horror at that same contemporary moment. When you, when you pick one genre, the boundaries get much wider on it. <laughs> yeah. And one last thing before we start wrapping up stuff, what favorite scenes or moments did you guys, do you guys have in Scorsese films? Ooh. Oh, uh, okay. Cause I got a couple in my back pocket, but I don't want to, I don't want to rip them out of your guys' hands. The it's a go for it, Brian. The easy one is the uh, is Layla during Goodfellas when they find the, all the bodies, cleaning up the mess, sort of thing. Up to Tommy's um, execution, exactly. Yeah, like that whole just that the perfect they cut play music added together. Just yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, just look up Goodfellas Layla on YouTube. No, no just watch the whole. Just movie. watch Goodfellas. Just watch, just watch the whole. But if you want to talk about the 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 one that I will say that I that I was because I watched it more recently, but it's still something that will stick with me, is there is just one shot in King of Comedy where Robert De Niro is playing to this paper, you know, wall of paper people, mm-hmm. like the, the, these cardboard cutouts, and it's just this pullback in this hallway, and I was just like, it's pretty quiet. Like, it's, you, you can't really hear him. It's just unintelligible. And I'm just like, this is, oh, my God. Like, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. This is, like, haunting me. I don't like this. But I love it because it's great because it's making me feel things. Yeah, those are my two big ones that I'll say. All right. Who's next? Two scenes right. uh, for me. One is the aviator. Um, the whole film. 
it's yeah the whole film is <laughs> no, one three beat. hour long take uh, yeah i'm gonna describe it beat for beat starting now what do you mean anger management yeah. what do you uh, <laughs> no it's, uh, it's one moment where uh Howard Hughes, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, has kind of like an OCD uh, overwhelming moment where he's like scrubbing his own hands raw. Oh, and it's yeah. not, that's not the moment. It's the oh, moment directly okay. afterward where he's standing behind, uh, like where, uh, in, next to the bathroom door so it will swing in and someone won't see him so he can walk around and get out of the bathroom without touching the handle. And you see him standing there. And it's it's almost instantly you know exactly why he's there. Um, it was an incredibly well shot moment that, and in such a recognizable and unfortunate moment that no one who doesn't have anxiety will understand. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I'm pretending to be normal right now. No one would think what I'm doing. I, okay, I got to get out. Um, <laughs> it was it was an amazing like quick quiet moment. Um, the other one w- is obviously when the two cell phones are picked up in The Departed. Oh my god. Oh, um, you call this that, number on a dead guy's phone. Who are you? Oh, yeah. so it's you. And like, they don't know. It's like, Leo, just hang it up. Just hang up. Yeah. The, fir- the first silence of that is fucking inc- like talking about the beats you were talking about, Taylor. Just opening the phone to nothing. Yeah. Oh, so oh I've been, God. I've been picking apart some of these scenes in my head real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know I always talk about like ultra violence and horror and like all these other things, but really, when when I th- I'm thinking about it now, I think like all all that kind of stuff in movies, I like that's like what gets me interested in movies. That's what keeps keeps me interested in movies. That's what I want mm-hmm. the movie to primarily be. But it it is almost to get me to these scenes of extreme emotional significance. I think, uh, for example, like in in Hereditary, which is outside of this, you know, like the the scenes of family drama in that. Are like what sticks with me over. It's okay. (laughs) Hereditary like has extreme scenes of family drama, which I think are like some of the most powerful over like any of the horror shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it has me thinking now about uh, like in Gangs of New York. It's not Bill the Butcher's like violence scenes. It's whenever he's talking to Leo and he's like warming up to him, and you're starting to get to him, be like. I could maybe we can make this work. Maybe yeah. he doesn't have to be the he villain. He even says, you know, it's weird being taken under the wing of a dragon. It's a lot warmer than you think. Yeah, yeah. So I love that kind of thing. And then in Goodfellas, like, I mean, the whole movie is like running through my head. But one thing that that's coming to mind in particular is um, after the feds come and raid Henry Hill's house, Ray Liotta's, mm-hmm. uh, and they've and his wife has just like flushed all the drugs. And he comes back and he's like, we're going to be fine. We just have to sell these drugs. And she's like, I flushed the drugs. And like the intensity to which they are both crying and you don't Mm -hmm. know whether he's about to beat the shit out of her or then he starts like holding her. And like it is like it you just see like a neurotypical man all of a sudden experience what true anxiety is. Mm -hmm. He's fried his brain to shit with drugs and things really are as bad as they seem because they've spent the whole movie building up how bad it their situation is now you know yeah I, I think like that there's like a lot of emotion behind that that particular scene i was gonna say Speaking my scenes uh one of them is a good fellow scene obviously and it's because it. i i love i'm a sucker for these kind of things but it's when henry takes karen to the copacabana for the first time yeah. and they go th- but through the, the line they go through yeah. the back door and all that kind of stuff and it's just, the music is perfect, everything's coming in, and I think Scorsese said, oh yeah, it only took us seven times to get right, which for some stuff like that, that's, yeah. that is hard to do, because everyone outside, because yeah. they, they, they wouldn't let them go through the front door, it's like, okay, we're going to go through the back, everybody waiting, oh yeah, chilling, as soon as we get inside, haul ass to the main floor, act all normal, and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. Also, another thing I want to touch up. I know. I'm sorry for going over on time, guys. Fine, no, the thing good, about right. Scorsese's films is that he will get a lot of real people in his films. Like the guy mm. doing the one-liners, that was the actual stand-up comedian. He uh, kept fucking up his line. That was why they did it so many times. So is he couldn't funny. get through his fucking oh? act before they cut away. The guy's like, and take so my wife, please. Changing. Yeah, like... He kept he flubbing his line because he's a fucking real comedian. He's not some actor. Mm-hmm. And he was just like... Oh, God. And they're like, all right, let's do the entire two and a half minute take. Thanks, Harry. I was going to say another thing. uh, At the very end, when Henry Hill and Karen are talking to the FBI guy, that was the real guy. He was like, I know exactly what I said and all that kind of stuff. At the end of Wolf of Wall Street, the guy giving the thing on the seminar, that was Jordan Belfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Granted, 
lots of less cocaine and whatnot. Uh, yeah. But some other <laughs> scenes of mine that I really love are from The Departed. Uh, one of them is when Leo DiCaprio is after, you know, hey, boss, what's your real name? What's your numbers? All kind of stuff. He's sitting there. Jack Nicholson sketching oh. boss and just getting consumed by rats and just grilling him. And just the great thing about that scene and the great thing about Scorsese, too, is that he lets his actors just, you know what? We're going to do some rehearsals. Let's improv a little bit. Let's try this. Jack Nicholson hid the gun under the table and just dropped it. And he's like, oh, look, a Beretta. Uh, you want to ask that question again, smartass? That, the heavy lights the crown scene is so good. And the other oh thing from The God. Departed is near the end. It's the rooftop showdown and the elevator scene. I'm oh, not going to no. spoil yeah. it. The elevator. But oh I remember watching in class because I saw it when I was 15 and experienced all that stuff. And when that scene hits that moment, someone just yelled, What? <laughs> and I'm just in the back just grinning. As there's with ragu everywhere and all that good stuff, and then it's like someone else, and then boom! But it's like, what what do we do now? Uh, bust out the bagpipes, guys! Yeah, but oh yeah, those are crazy moments. But yeah, uh, and another thing: Do you after you know going through a Scorsese kicking all this? Do you want to watch more, or are you just like, yeah, you know, I've I've seen enough and. Because I know Scorsese's working on another film with DiCaprio right now out in Kansas. and The Killers of the Flower Moon. The Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at his list of movies on Wikipedia. I'm like, this isn't that long. I could definitely have watched every Scorsese film. Like, that's easy. I mean, he's got a semester's worth, so you know what? You got your work cut out for you. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'm totally going to watch. I'm going to fill in the gap. One, looking at this, I'm like, wow, I've seen a lot more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. But I am also going to fill in the shit out of these gaps because makes very good movies. I haven't seen and every Scorsese film like yeah. I he, he, yeah oh sure 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 it's yeah like, that's the thing is like we could beat you very easily and then it's it's over then we win and you lose and it's done <laughs> we uh, right, bring before, we, ass. <laughs> before we started recording I was talking a little bit about um and I think I told everyone on an episode before I've been on a Criterion film kick and mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese Scorsese um talks about his favorite movies in a couple of interviews with the Criterion Collection. Um, and so those are the movies that I'm really inspired to see. Like, seeing a good number of these, again, like like Brian, more than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, especially when I started to put together some of these worst Scorsese movies. But I really want to see, like, what are the influences that he found powerful enough to, like, talk about? Um, and really, I'd love to start drawing those connections between his craft and the craft that he liked uh, that was clearly influential on him. Yeah, I've only seen parts of The Departed, so I want to watch it in, in whole. I, I didn't realize until like, now that I've only watched parts good. of it. Uh, yeah, and then honestly, the one that I didn't know anything about, I want to watch The Last Temptation of Christ because that sounds fucking. You're good. gonna have a blast with that, buddy. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is really Jesus, good, Harvey I, Keitel is Judas, and David Bowie's Pontius Pilate. Oh my god! Because I yeah, I yeah. literally it's oh a fucking insane. Oh it's god. an insane I, cast. Because I'm always like, am I literally the only one who listens to Jesus Christ Superstar for the story? Like, <laughs> I fucking love that shit. <laughs> all right, guys. When do you say, say we're all going to wrap this up? All right, man. If sure. you're going to take us on home, buddy. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you guys Wait. so much. Hold on. It a... should be an easy one, but on the topic. Do it at the end. All right. No, we do it. it here, and then we do the pluggables. The pluggables the are the credits. Out one day, maybe after 200 the pluggables episodes. are the, the credits. Of Martin Scorsese or Sezzi or Cezze, as I'm going to call him now. Or, or however the hell Taylor. Oh, score says he. No score, score, says, no score he. says he. God, I'm a Our, what a fucking comedic genius. <laughs> Danny first, and then everybody else. Are we friends? On the topic of Martin Scorsese, absolutely we're friends. Who the hell said we want friends? You say I'm not a friend? Of, how am I not a friend of you? How am I not a friend of you, huh? Like, oh. Your curly blonde hair looking smart ass looking mother. Whoa! <laughs> it's true, but hey. Yeah, I can't have the long that. hair, man. Look at this. I've had a high type for five and a half years, four and a half years. You're not allowed. That's yeah, that's different. <laughs> Big old hundo for me, yes. <sighs> is it is it me next? I yeah, I'm gonna say I don't yes. know. I already went. I'm gonna also say yes. Cause yeah. Dope. That was a rounding. That was a rousing success. It's like a first time having you on, uh, Danny. Hopefully, it's not the last time we see you here. And hopefully, I don't crash your podcast. (laughs) It was a great topic. I I enjoyed the shit out of it. Negative listens. I don't understand. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) 
Like, no, no, no. He told Podbean that he got people to not listen to him specifically, <laughs> and they counted those against us. Wait, this Danny guy? Oh, no, I've heard I've heard his hot dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> All right, everybody. If you uh, like what you heard here and you want to hear more of us, you can hear me, Brian, and Jorge every weekday night on Thursdays at 7 p.m. on twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network on our entirely improvised TRPG, Outlaws and Old Ones. There is also an associated podcast with that, which is cut into the style of a radio drama that comes out every Tuesday morning. So our next episode, our seventh episode, is coming uh, uh, out the day after you're hearing this right now. You can also find us on our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at underscore are we friends, all one word, or on our website, r dash we dash friends dot com. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say pluggables. Uh, it's just my Instagram, which is just Danny Bane, D-A-N-N-Y, the number eight, A-N-E. Uh, DMs are open for questions about for about TV, film, and games. And any if they want to ask questions about some military stuff ahead, but that's it. All right. I have been your wise guy co-host, Taylor. I have been your wave of the future co-co-host, Brian. I have been your prison pasta sauce boss, Danny. <laughs> and I'm still Jess Jorge. And we will talk to you next week. Funny how? How am I funny? No, I don't know. You tell me. Tell me. What's so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. <laughs>